When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to our four fans of holiday special. I'm Shay Corrigan, joined by my co-host Bryce Olin and today's guests, Dorkside of the Forest editor, Mia Johnson, and Fanside Entertainment director, Cody Schultz. Today, we're going to be talking about our favorite holiday movies and viewings. Bryce, let's start with you. What is your go-to favorite Christmas and or general December holiday movie? It's it's tough because there's a lot of them. I really, 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 really like Christmas movies. Um, but my all-time favorite is Elf, for sure. Um, I really like Will Ferrell. I don't think that that's like, uh, like I don't know, a bold statement or anything. Everyone seems to like Will Ferrell. Uh, and just Buddy the Elf is just the perfect um, Christmas character, I think, to get you in the holiday spirit because he's so, like, jovial about Christmas like I always think of the scene how he sees the fake Santa and is just like mortified that that and I feel like that that's like um we should all try to embrace that a little bit more at the holiday so that Elf's my favorite New York at Christmas time um it doesn't get better than that I don't think all right I'm gonna need somebody else to jump in first because this is the part of the podcast where I revealed that I'm kind of an elf hater which we can circle (gasps) back to (laughs) Uh, hey. <laughs> hey, I, well, I'm yeah. kind of there with you. So. Oh, no. Okay, well, let me go first as an L supporter and then we can get the opposition. <laughs> uh, no, I really love Elf. I think I am the hugest Will Ferrell fan, at least his early stuff, because he began to slip these last couple of years and I've been so very disappointed. But this to me was like one of his greatest movies, one of his greatest strengths. His comedy to me is is something that you know maybe at is he, he's always like the man child <laughs> so it's like okay what happens you know we've done the man child in nascar and we've done the man child and being a stepbrother now what happens if he's an elf and it's christmas time and zoe deschanel is there uh but yeah i i think i for some reason maybe because i've seen it when i was young and i was just kind of ingrained in me because i think it came out in what like 2003 or so um so it's 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 old now you know it's officially old and that's kind of why it's in my heart I just love Will Ferrell and I think I have to leave it at that (laughs) I I like Will Ferrell and I I will say like I like Elf like I think it's a good movie but everybody else like loves Elf like Bryce you're not alone and like it's a lot of people's go-to must watch every year like Elf is the Christmas movie I'm just like I guess like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm in the same way it's like I don't hate Elf it's just it's not like a holiday staple for me like my Christmas isn't complete if I don't watch Elf like I it's nothing I'm missing I don't know what it is I maybe it's just I'm not the biggest Will Ferrell fan just but I mean that's one movie that is when I think of him like comes right to mind and there are elements like as someone who likes the classic like Christmas like the Rudolphs and that like I like that they kind of incorporated that old school kind of like Christmas feel and the, you know with some of the characters like the narwhal and there's there's so many iconic lines to it that I feel like even if you're not a passionate fan, you kind of come back to the lines either, either way because there's just so many things. Like, 
there's scenes that I can just think of even as like a person who's not a yearly watcher of it that <laughs> I still like it's a such a big part of pop culture yeah I've so, already seen it like five times this year um <laughs> oh, you got really, me. <laughs> how early do you start watching Elf like are you like well, a actually, person or <laughs> <laughs> it came on Netflix in July I don't know it was like a surprise <laughs> edition to Netflix so I watched it in July um but then I've seen it several more times but like my life's so crazy right now that like I turn it on and then like I catch like glimpses here and there while I'm doing other things. Um, and so that's, uh, I don't know, I really, someone mentioned the narwhal, I can't remember who it was, but I, the narwhal is like one of my favorite characters in a Christmas movie and he has one line and that's it. Yeah. Um, I also, when Buddy is getting tucked in by, or he wants his dad to tuck him in and he's like, dad, dad, that's like, I say that to my dad now <laughs> like like it's just it's just like one of the things like Cody mentioned it's just like there's so many pop culture references in this movie that like or like things that have become part of pop culture not references I guess um that it, it's just a classic I modern say, classic as a quick interruption as far as like Will Ferrell lines that we use to address our parents I refer to my mom like I don't include the like the meatloaf part but like I holler at my mom just like ma a lot and like it's like half a quote of the wooden crashers thing and half not um and it's like it's very clear like that's where I came from and like now it's just been adapted to like how I address my mom um less aggressively I'm not demanding things from her it's just <laughs> where it comes from so maybe I need to pick up the add the dad thing too my sisters, I have two 10-year-old little sisters or twins, and for some reason, as we're talking about, like, you know, how Elf is ingrained in pop culture, there's one scene, I guess, kind of went over their head. Um, I guess they're kind of, you know, they're young, so they're easily gullible. So I don't know if they were watching a YouTuber or this was one of their friends, but they were saying, this person, oh my gosh, they're so weird. They, they, when they make spaghetti, they like to put chocolate syrup on it and candy. And I was like, I don't know if that's true. To me, that sounds like a scene out of Elf. <laughs> and then they were like, oh, you're right. <laughs> I don't know what that was. But yeah, that, i uh, never been curious myself to try it. I'll say that much. <laughs> that's a thing. It's a no. It's a no for me. It's hard pass. <laughs> All right, Cody. So you said that Elf isn't one of your, like, you're more about the classics. What is your go-to? So my go-to is The Year Without a Santa Claus, or is like, as I think we kind of talked in this group, like the Heat Miser and Snow Miser one. Um, <laughs> like no Christmas or it's complete without putting that one on, just like having it on in the background while you're like wrapping presents. I kind of just love the, it's, it's funny because it's like one of the few classics that isn't necessarily all Santa oriented. Like you've got Mrs. Claus actually kind of steps in and I love the Mrs. Claus there. Like she's just like, lovable like sassy Mrs. Claus like with its attitude which is kind of funny thinking of the time period of when those came out and then I mean even if you don't watch the movie you know who the Miser Brothers are and like the song like they still play it on the radio like any channel and it's just one of those I don't know I'm a big fan of all the stop motions so, like the Rudolphs the Frosties mm -hmm. all those old classic ones I don't feel like you can go wrong with those um, and they're kind of ones that you can just have on without even needing to pay attention like they're just like those comfort holiday ones yeah, I feel like the the explanation there's important because like this whole group, well, you were like, oh, I really watched like the year without a Santa Claus. And we we're like, huh, okay. And then like the snow miser. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had no idea what Cody was talking about at all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I watched that movie. <laughs> <laughs> to me, they kind of all blend. I don't know if it it's like one big special or they're all different because you were talking about the Rudolph. And I'm like, isn't there one where like the elf wants to be a dentist? <laughs> I just know they would always come on, you know, what used to be ABC Family, and now it's, I guess, Freeform, um, like the 25 Days of Christmas stuff. So if that stuff gets played back to back, and I'm a seven-year-old kid, I, I they all look the same to me. But they are fun. I did like the songs, and especially my parents, because that was kind of their era. They're always like, oh my gosh, put it on, put it on. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think they did kind of create like a collective universe back then, because they, I, I don't know who started it. I think Rudolph might be the old one. Mm-hmm. but because they did like the Rudolph and Frosty like they did I think it was like Christmas in July or something so they did like a crossover film between the two and so they it's kind of hard to keep track of are they all supposed to be set in one general universe or is it just like individual ones and hey we're throw this character in this one yes Snow Miser and Rudolph pioneered the shared universe mm-hmm. MCU wishes <laughs> <laughs> and then didn't they try to do like a new one this might have been like 10 years ago but it was new to me like they were trying to like the, a new heat miser the brothers yeah freeform tried to do like a a reimagined version and they did it with like the new animation i like to forget that one didn't exist <laughs> like it was just it was all about them and like their feud and they tried to add in like other brothers i think they brought like someone like from the air was like the new element they added and it's like no we can just leave this one like we don't forget need it all happened. the elements yeah <laughs> that's hilarious it's also funny to me how this kind of kicked off the whole era of stop motion animation commercials now like every single holiday commercial you see like best buy and um, what's that like the thirstiest time of the year lebron james (laughs) like nothing is sacred anymore and like if it is the holidays your commercial has to be stop motion animation and i don't know i think it's cute it's it's really charming at least (laughs) I think they even tried an elf stop motion like it's talking about crossover i think they even did like something with jim parsons i think it was or somebody like nbc did some kind of special yeah i like you i forget that that one exists (laughs) (laughs) also gotta give a shout out to community to stop motion christmas episode in their run that was like really bleak but (laughs) also very fun (laughs) yeah it was really good All right, Mia, over to you. Give us your uh, Christmas go-to. Hmm, which one do I want to pick? Because I have a couple. Um, you know what? I will actually say, this is probably the most childish of them all, which is the Polar Express. <laughs> this movie started out as a movie that, I don't know if I hate it or what, but I have a pretty funny backstory for this, if you all already. <laughs> so I was, it was fourth grade, and I was having a sleepover with one of my friends. Um, I guess the Polar Express DVD had just come out um, and we watched it at the end of the night we put it on like her PS2 <laughs> you know so watch the DVD and for some reason like as we went to bed we just like left the PS2 on and like for hours on end all I would hear is the Polar Express theme looping over and over again <laughs> as like everyone else is asleep and I'm just like you know, being brainwashed right now with the Polar Express. I think that explains why I love this movie. (laughs) And typical me, as I'll wrap this up, you know, was too afraid to like turn off the PlayStation and just, you know, wish everybody a good night. I was like, no, what was going to happen? So uh, no, it is, it it is a movie that has grown on me, you know, despite the the horror story that comes with it. I haven't thought about the, the, not, 
I don't know what the right word for it is, but like that feeling like when you would watch DVDs and the menu would have like, it was never long enough. It was like 30 seconds or 90 seconds. And then it, whenever it would restart, it was always very jarring. And it like, either when the movie ended or like if you had put the DVD in, but weren't ready to watch, you were still making popcorn or whatever. It was like a very like visceral, like, oh, yeah. somebody grabbed the mute button. Um, not the point. Anyway, so <laughs> Polar Express is the one with Tom Hanks, right? And the like semi weird animation that like was somewhere yeah. between CGI and yeah, good old, old animated. 2000s, 2004-ish <laughs> animation. <laughs> that like and it's like that scary animation. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's like in the Uncanny Valley sort of thing. Oh, yeah. You've got like yeah. five Tom Hanks, and I was like, is that the same guy? You know, as a kid, I'm like. That guy looks like the other guy who's the train conductor, but who's also the homeless man on the back of the train. <laughs> Just, yeah, Tom Hanks. I really like this movie, too. It's a little bit, um, I don't know, it's based on a book, right? Story? Yeah. yeah. The story's probably better, but you can say that about a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I watch this every year, for sure. It's still, like I said, it's a little scary for kids, I feel like, but as an adult i'm not afraid <laughs> <laughs> very happy for you rice <laughs> oh, oh man yeah i don't think i ever saw it which is interesting because it it would have between like the tom hanks of it all and the christmas of it all and like it being based on a classic you know kids book you would have thought it would have you know been um been as fast would have become like an everybody watched it staple yeah. but I, don't know. I, I, I haven't seen it either all i know isn't there something with like a bell or something like yeah yeah if you don't hear the bell it's like you've lost your christmas spirit so cody doesn't believe <laughs> oh no <laughs> just kidding cody oh, so sad yeah and then the hot i think everyone knows the hot chocolate song or at least i hope you do like if you have not you need to <laughs> at least pull it up on youtube <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious i sing it i think every time i like pour a cup of hot chocolate and my sisters hate me for it <laughs> it's just this you know tom hanks singing and you've got all these people on the train jumping and leaping and pouring hot chocolate to the kids and they get like five seconds to drink it and then they clean it up that's how that goes <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about but i'm immediately watching that <laughs> <laughs> <Take> no <note. laughs> I like hot chocolate and so now I feel like this needs to be I like to make like hot chocolate on the stove and so now I will have something to sing exactly um, this will be yeah. great it's a great meal. <laughs> my family is gonna love it <laughs> um all right so I know that this is shared by some of you but my go-to Christmas one is the Grinch but specifically the Jim Carrey Grinch um I think I've seen the animated one I have definitely not seen the Bandit Cumberbatch one because such is our family loyalty to the Jim Carrey one that when the Bandit Cumberbatch one came out, I was like, I couldn't possibly, like, I have to stay, like, Grinch loyal or whatever. Um, but yeah, who, who here, tell me your Grinch thoughts. Well, I also really like this movie. I think it, like, just became aware to me that, like, other people do not like the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch, which I think is, like, what like i think it just like perfectly captures like what the original story was about like the grinch has to be super weird the new one with benedict cumberbatch is like the grinch is like too normal of a guy like it just doesn't flow for me like this is the grinch um jim carrey like 
he's just crazy in this role. Like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. It's very, like we were saying before, that Will, like, Will Ferrell's Elf is such, like, a very, like, it hits all the best parts of a Will Ferrell performance while also being kid-friendly. I feel like The Grinch does something similar with Jim Carrey, where it's, like, it's, like, quintessential Jim Carrey, but also, like, kid-appropriate, which quintessential Jim Carrey isn't always. Um, so I love that. I also love, and now that you mentioned it, I think maybe it was, like, because I remember there being a lot of, like, Jim Carrey Grinch haters when it first was out, because everybody was like, oh, the animated one is, like, perfect and the classic, why would you mess with that? I feel like after the Bandit Cumberbatch one came out, people were like, all right, well, this isn't the most recent remake, so now we can, like, be okay with the Jim Carrey one again. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I love the classic, like, I, I love that, but I also love the Jim Carrey. Like, it's not one where I could feel like there's, like, a certain loyalty, like, this one. I haven't seen the Benedict one, like, I'll get around to it. It's one of those ones, like, ah, it's there, it exists, but, like, to me, the Grinch is either the classic animation or the Jim Carrey version they're so wildly different, but they're each perfect in their own way. Cause like the animated one's perfect, like, especially like, when you're younger, like it's just like animation. It goes with like the Dr. Seuss book. The Jim Carrey one works as a kid or an adult. Like you understand like, yeah. the lines just resonate better as you get older. And you, I think you appreciate it more as you get older too. And like the more you go back and watch it each year. Hmm, I guess I'll say, I don't really know if I have an allegiance to either. Um, I think I'm a fan across the board, maybe not of the classic cartoon. Um, yeah, I guess because the Jim Carrey one was around a little bit longer for me, it was a little more relevant. I love that. And yeah, you're right, Shay, kind of like Will Ferrell has his characters. This was like, yeah, I would, like Jim Carrey to me is another one of those people who always kind of brings the same energy to a character. Maybe there's some, you know, anomalies, but you know, it's it's like, what if Jim Carrey played the Grinch? What if Jim Carrey played Joe Biden? What if Jim Carrey played, you know, such, and if you just, it's all <laughs> kind of the same, but you love him for it. Um, so that's what I love. I will come in as the, I think the resident Benedict Cumberbatch stan <laughs> and say that I think, I think the, uh, the Illumination one was pretty decent. I just watched it this weekend again. Uh, and just as far as like animation and stuff goes, it was really awesome. Yeah, this Grinch was a lot more, real, you know, kind of hashtag relatable. It's like, oh, I'm also a grouch. I also hate seeing people at the grocery store. <laughs> but then he was also, like my dad pointed out, we were watching together. He's like, he's really nice to the dog in this one. I was like, he is. <laughs> Can also relate to that. Um, so, but yeah, I think there's, there's some good qualities in this one. The other one with Jim Carrey gets a little strange at times too, but I mean, hey, that, it's more reason to love it. <laughs> We like, we like to get a little bit weird around the holidays. <laughs> nice balance to it all. Yeah, I think it's funny. I, I got to ask Mia because I saw it. It never resonated, but I heard somebody like started comparing Baby Yoda to Baby Grinch. And I'm like, I never <laughs> thought about that. Like someone said, I saw, I think it was Twitter. Like someone said, Baby Grinch is actually the OG Baby Yoda. I'm like, is he? <laughs> Possibly so. Well, yeah, and the Jim Carrey, well... Yeah, I guess the baby Grinch, you do kind of feel for him. He's an outcast, and I don't know. The Jim Carrey baby Grinch kind of creeps me out, though. They did a baby Grinch in the new one, too, which is a lot cuter, but the Jim Carrey one kind of freaks me out. Yeah, I like the child. As baby Grinch as cute. Like, like he's fun, but he's. <laughs> I, I do not get baby Yoda vibes from him at all. Um, but it's a weird place. <laughs> I do, while we're still talking about it, I, another thing that I liked about 
the Jim Carrey Grinch. And I don't know the voice cast of the Cumberbatch one well enough to see if this is true there, but like getting older and becoming more familiar with the actors has been really fun with that one. Where like, even mm-hmm. when, you know, I was younger, it was like, it was Taylor Momsen who was, you know, playing Cindy Lou Who yeah. and so cute. And then like, she was, uh, I'm blanking on her name, but she was on Gossip Girl in like the most different role you could possibly imagine. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's Cindy Lou. And then now it's like, I'm a huge Christine Baranski fan and watching back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like when I was a kid, like, you know, I thought her character was fun, but like, didn't really have any sort of sense of, I don't know, entertainment context. So it's, it's just, you know, one of those gifts that keeps giving for me. <laughs> Who is the dad? Oh yeah, he's for another. some reason. Is it's not William H Macy, but it's like William H Macy, right? <laughs> he is a uh, um. All right, you guys keep talking. I'm gonna pull this yeah. up because I I I can picture his face, and I he, don't. The have mailman his name. dad. The yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Who is that guy? I feel like he's one of those actors that pops up often, but you never like quite remember his name. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Any of those actors, like they're good actors, like they pop up in like some of these like memorable roles, but they never have that name recognition, which is just wrong and shameful of us. Exactly. Yeah, just skip over. He's great, but I don't know who he is. <laughs> oh, and um, where'd it go? Molly Shannon's the mom. Yes. Oh. She's great. I think it's, is this right? Bill Irwin? I think he might be, no. I think he might also be somebody whose name you'd also, I also don't recognize. It's just his face. So it's like, I need his face and a <laughs> yeah. list of credits. And um, I'm there. Why? This is a tangent, but why is IMDb always so bad at their listing of cast members? It's like the star and then like an extra <laughs> and then like the supporting roles all the way down the page. I know. Um, anyways. Well, we'll look into this and get back to everyone, but uh, <laughs> back to movies. What else, what have we missed? What is, you know, on, on your December watch list? Um, oh my goodness. So The Holiday is a hmm, semi-recent edition, which I guess it's not recent anymore. I watched this like, I always have a weird story for these things. <laughs> back in high school, we, um, uh, the, the wonderful Rahm Emanuel extended CPS school days. And so in order to fill in that time, we had to come up with, uh, you know, like basically mandatory after school activities. So one of the clubs that we created was uh, like the Anglophile Club. <laughs> and during the holidays, this was, I guess, one of the movies we decided to watch during that period. Um, and, you know, it's, it's that rom-com, it's got Jude Law, Cameron Diaz, um, Kate Winslet, and, and throw in Jack Black, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I've always been a Jude Law fan, uh, and for everyone else too, I, I, I love them pretty much as well. Uh, but it, it is just kind of cute. It's an interesting mix, you know, the American with the British person, uh, both the guys and the girls they do this swapping of places and you're like, well, why can't I go, you know, into a cozy cottage here in Britain and, you know, you're all like snowed in and cozied up. So I, yeah, that one has grown on me over these last couple of years. Yeah, I think it's definitely, I don't want to, I would say it's underrated, but maybe it's this, it's personally underrated. Like I need to readjust my rankings because I think it's underrated, but I don't know if that's a widely held thought. Um, it could be properly rated, but like, it's, you're right. Like it's so good. The house, like, coziness envy is like off the charts like both the cottage and then also the LA place is great I think you mentioned the cast and like 
they're all so well cast but the one that is always like I've seen it like a lot of times and every time I'm surprised by how charmed I am by Jack Black like I like him but I would not say I'm like a oh my gosh like I must watch this because he's in it kind of yeah and like every time I'm like you are such a likable character like I'm all in on this um foursome they're delightful yeah that's funny you say that because I had the same idea like before I was about to watch it and I was like oh my gosh yes Jude Law you know 10 out of 10 (laughs) and I was like Jack Black whose thought was that but as I was watching I was like no you know he, he for the comedic you know crazy guy that he is he actually really went into this role with a lot of care and he was like you know that nice guy to Kate Winslet and everything I was like I kind of like this choice it's like such a good combination of like him being like because he is he and Cameron Diaz both I think more than Kate Winslet and Jude Law are like known for comedy so it's like they're both Mm -hmm. like she has like a lot of like slipping on ice you know (laughs) like comedic (laughs) things but both of them also like they're not just there for you know comedic effect and I mean Jack Black more noticeably than her I think was just um yeah a surprise did you guys did you ever see it was maybe a year or two ago but someone asked jack black i think it was like a red carpet event so definitely not this year um (laughs) but he they asked him like what his favorite christmas movie was and he said something and they were like what about your your christmas movie the one you're in he's like i've been in a christmas movie like he forgot (laughs) that like he was in the holiday which i think is just like I always, like, how I think about this movie, I always forget that it's, like, a Christmas movie for some reason, even though it's called The Holiday. I don't know. Um, But I watch it every year, too, because I like Christmas movies. (laughs) I feel like that teases up perfectly for, like, when I'm, you know, we're going to go here, but we're going to go here begrudgingly. When you're talking about movies that aren't always remembered as Christmas movies, when you think about them, they're probably a Christmas movie. And then you debate whether they're a Christmas movie. Who here has seen Die Hard and who here thinks Die Hard is a Christmas movie? I have seen Die Hard. Um, I think it just depends, I guess, on what you like use to say Christmas movie. I think if a movie is set at Christmas, I call it a Christmas movie. One, because I can include it on lots of lists that I write, which is pro tip, <laughs> do that. Uh, but also, it's just like, I don't, like, if a movie is set at, in the summer, wouldn't you call it a summer movie? At least that's what I do. So I think Christmas is more like a time of year. But also, like, it's, there's a Christmas party in it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess the counter argument would be, you know, because it's not, like, about the magic of Christmas or meeting yes. Santa Claus or all of those things. I myself, I think I started watching the movie and I have never come back to finish it, but I generally know what it's about. <laughs> you've seen so, it once, you've seen it all. Yeah, I like slowly became a Bruce Willis fan. So I was like, oh, this should be next on my list. And it just like never was next on my list. Uh, but yeah, for me, just kind of objectively speaking, it would be hard for me to say like, it is like a Christmas movie, but I certainly think it's fine if it is a movie that you would like to watch during Christmas because it has to be, happens to be during Christmas time. Um, the best example I can come up with is like, for some reason, the first Harry Potter almost feels like a sort of semi-Christmas movie. There's one scene where he's opening presents and that's, you know, just one part of the entire year, but it still kind of has like, you know, that magically sort of this time of year sort of feel to it. 
we had a writer and I feel bad I'm blanking on his name a couple years ago write us a story that was like the Harry Potter movies are Christmas movies <laughs> not Halloween movies I think uh, and it made like a strong case that like the vibe is very because of those because like the castle and the snow and yeah. like they always like pay special attention and like they're <laughs> there's Christmas is a very bustling time in the Harry Potter universe that, <laughs> that he was like these are our Christmas movies it's all about the feel and like the score too of the Harry Potter movies is very like very Christmas movie. It's just like very epic. Like every scene is just like I don't I don't even know the instruments, so don't even let me go there. But yeah, it feels like a Christmas movie. I I get that. I also, if we're getting like really out there, in terms of like movies that I associate with Christmas that are like probably objectively not Christmas movies, but like it at least it feels like Star Wars the last couple of years has always come out at Christmas. And so it's always like, oh yeah, on like Boxing Day or whatever, like we go and watch the Star Wars movie. And like, I, I wouldn't, if, at the start of this conversation, I wouldn't have said, yeah, Star Wars is a Christmas movie. <laughs> but if like Harry Potter is a Christmas movie, I don't know. It's like, and this maybe is my problem with calling Die Hard a Christmas movie, is that like, it's a slippery slope of like, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen Die Hard, so I can't speak to whether it captures the <laughs> spirit. But it's like, if you start getting into like, well... It's a movie that takes place around Christmas or movies that always come out around Christmas or movies that like have pivotal scenes in winter. Like you're, you're opening up a lot. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe we need more Christmas movies. Who knows? I'm spiraling. Cody, say something. <laughs> no, just like, I've never, I'm shamelessly never seen Die Hard or Harry Potter, but I feel like <laughs> like when Freeform does it like 30 days or till Christmas or whatever it is, 25 days till Christmas. I was like, why are the Harry Potter movies part of the thing? Like, are these Christmas movies? Yeah. But it's like, I feel like the tones, like it, it's one of those things of, I feel like if it's, Christmas movie can be defined by so many different people. Like to some, it's, it has to have like some kind of Christmas tie-in. But for so many, it just seems like it's connected to a memory or it's, you know, set into, so it's kind of hard to define what a Christmas movie is because it means something different. I feel like with Die Hard in particular, it's not one I would consider a Christmas movie. And having never seen it, it's hard to judge it. But I feel like every year at Christmas, the conversation comes up that, is it a Christmas movie? I feel like it is just because people, if you're asking the question every year, <laughs> obviously there's like an argument that yes, it is, or else we would have like moved on and like been debating like a new movie. Is this a new, you know, Christmas movie? That's a good point. Yeah, just say yes and, and move on. Right? <laughs> that point. <laughs> also, like, what is it, what is it to you if somebody else thinks it's a Christmas movie? Like we could just like, <laughs> I don't know, fighting to have it not be considered a Christmas movie seems like a weird, a, a very anti-Christmas or like a very not the Christmas spirit stance is to tell people that their Christmas thing is not a Christmas thing. <laughs> a very Grinchy thing to do. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but not the fun French, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely Jim Carrey version. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about what Netflix doing in the Christmas movie game. All right, we're back. So Netflix, endless innovator that the platform is, has been super, super involved in Christmas content lately. I feel like they really got into it with their riff on sort of like the bad Hallmark movies, but now they're out here making like genuinely good Christmas entertainment. Bryce, as our Netflix Live editor, talk to us about Netflix and Christmas. Yeah, Netflix, the last few years, um, like you said, it started out with like a Christmas Prince. I feel like that was like the first one that was like on the radar of everyone that was just like 
we can say bad or just hallmarky Christmas movie. Um, but lately, like last year, they had like Klaus, which is like an animated movie that was like very, very good. Um, and then this year, uh, they did Jingle Jangle, which is just like this magical Christmas journey. I don't even know what time period this movie is set or like where, but it's about like a toy maker who uses like his, um, like, I don't know, his belief in himself as like, a, like how he can create these like wonderful like gadgets and toys and stuff like that. Um, and then his assistant uh, steals his book of inventions and then he, lo he like loses faith in like humanity and with it goes all of his inventions. And so, um, and his just spirit in general. And then um, his granddaughter actually comes to stay with him at his like little shop in this weird little village thing town I don't even know what like like where um and then he starts to like we get like a little trickle of like his spirit coming back and so like that's kind of where what Jingle Jangle is all about um it's awesome I really really like this movie it's a musical as well um and it it feels like at times and I think that there's people that worked on The Greatest Showman that like also had um uh like who made this movie it feels like i'm not a huge fan of that movie but it didn't really bother me as much watching this because it's like we were just talking about that like feeling of christmas like i'm willing to overlook like such enthusiasm <laughs> at this time of year i guess uh have you guys seen it though i don't personally yet it yeah. came out like too early for christmas movies for me <laughs> so i was like we'll circle back to this and i haven't yet <laughs> There's yeah, still I've, time. Been, I've been holding off because me and my brother are like ironic Forrest Whitaker fans. <laughs> so when we saw that Forrest Whitaker was in a Christmas movie and it's like the semi-steampunk theme, we were like, we have to watch yeah. that together. So he's coming home from college next week. So I, I'm hanging in there. But the, from the trailer, it does look really amazing. And, um, you know, what blow me away as well is you, I think it has to be said, you know, this is like a very predominantly black cast, or at least the lead, you know, is a black cast. It's like, how often do you see steampunk and, you know, black culture go together? Like not often in, in, in television. So I think that's kind of also, you know, as, as nerds and kind of loving <laughs> that whole Victorian style as well. It's like, that looks really cool. It looks like just visually, it looks really good. Um, and yeah, for a movie to, you know, be coming out on streaming, it's like Netflix has really been, you know, like holding up their end on making some nice stuff recently. Yeah, Forrest Whitaker is so good in this movie. I was like blown away. Like I did not <laughs> see it coming. I was like musical Forrest Whitaker that it's like, oh, this is, how, he's like really, really good. I mean, he's a great actor. So obviously I should have just been like, oh, all in anyway. Um, but Keegan-Michael Key is in this also, and he is so good. Like, he plays like um, the villain, which we don't really see him do very often, but he's like very menacing and just like all around awesome. I loved it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm excited. I like, I feel like that like Victorian steampunk vibe is like the unspoken Christmas vibe, like Christmas yeah. aesthetic too, <laughs> where like, it's very, I don't know, those two, two, those two tend to go hand in hand a lot yeah. where it's like if, if you're making up like a fantastical alternative Christmas world, like it's gonna be a little steampunky. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. I wonder why that is. Like, if you look at like, say, like the Santa Claus, like, is similar. Santa's workshop in this is like very steampunk, and then same in that movie. You're like, 
why is like Santa's workshop like kind of steampunk? Like how the elves dress and stuff. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like it's Dickens's fault. Yeah, like, I'm gonna say that. Right. Got everyone stuck on Victorian Dickens. era. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, even like the oh well, no, the Muppets did. They did the um, Christmas Carol. Ooh. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of where that. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like the Muppets. There's a Jim Carrey Christmas Carol, which I like. Could not sit through. That was kind of slow. Uh, but yeah, all of that stuff just kind of comes on by this time of year. I love to make references to a Christmas Carol and like Ghost of you know Present, Future, and Past, and all that. I like as a story that I want to see in a movie on TV. Like I have like almost no interest in it. <laughs> Like, you'd like really have to put together a strong cast for me to be in on that. It's like, <laughs> I mean, my ghost jokes, and I'm going to keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Netflix really has become a home for like Christmas movie destination. Like Bryce said, was starting with the Chris, the Christmas Prince, or yeah, I think that's right. They there's so many different like forms of Prince and Christmas movies, and it's hard to keep track. They also have the Princess Switch, and so it's like yeah. there's too many variations. But I feel like they really have become like competition when before you'd only think of like Hallmark and Lifetime as being like the Christmas made for TV kind of movies and Netflix kind of entered the game and they've got the budget to kind of make them seem bigger and like more cinematic almost like not in terms of like the story maybe but like the way they're shot um and for me I've never been one who's like I don't have a problem with predictability in a movie or like a show Mm -hmm. especially like with Christmas movies it's like I don't care like knowing that xyz is going to happen it's going to be like a happy movie like especially in 2020 like give me like the feel-good movie like i don't need a curveball thrown my way but like just rest the movie. oh man but wasn't there there was some christmas movie that came out recently um on netflix i believe and it was around the time of happiest season because there was a lot of sort of chatter about how like it was really great queer representation but it also had like a truly bananas plot twist where i think like one or multiple characters were like angels or ghosts the whole time or something. So it was very much like kind of having it both ways where it was like this cheery, predictable, you know, rom com holiday movie. And then also there's like a few choice decisions that were like totally nuts. <laughs> what movie is this? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was some kind of, it was pretty sure it was Netflix because I remember like the Hulu Netflix. Um, yes balance there i have no idea there's too many netflix christmas movies that's like (laughs) the what we're talking about here there's just way too many under this umbrella already um like they just did one yes like it came out like yesterday or two days ago a california christmas and it's like already the top movie on netflix wow it is like how people just love this i don't i don't (laughs) honestly i don't understand it totally but i'm with it yeah i was number one oh do you have it shay I think it's just a New York Christmas wedding, which is incidentally not a great title, but <laughs> there you go. That's why I forgot about it. <laughs> I <laughs> do know what you're talking about like now. A title that really describes, like, I mean, presumably there was a wedding in it at New York, like in New York and Christmas, but anyways, yeah, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I feel like I watch the most Netflix around this time of year now because um what did I just I, like I just finished Dash and Lily which I was like not expecting to if this was not about Christmas time I probably wouldn't have watched it because maybe I would you know I'm like trying to be mature and I'm like nah, I'm not into this kind of stuff but I I really really was <laughs> and it's not really a Christmas movie it's a Christmas series which is like 
okay, this is, this is pretty interesting. Um, limited series. So I love when things can just kind of like wrap up. <laughs> I love that. Um, but I have unashamedly become a fan of like the whole Christmas uh, Prince trilogy <laughs> and the whole, the Vanessa Hudgens stuff as well. These really like within the last two years. And um, yeah, kind of like Cody said, I do think like, even if it's predictable, you just kind of like to hear those feel good stories over and over again. Like, when I was a kid, my grandma would make up stories. Nine times out of 10, it would be the same plot over and over again. And she's, you know, trying to get me to take a nap. But it's, it's just like, you know, as long as it's entertaining and it's thrilling, which I think the, the uh, Christmas Prince <laughs> did fairly well. I really wish that they had a fourth one this year. And I'm like, Netflix, I'll write it for you. I could probably, <laughs> they are so predictable. I'm sure I could write it in my sleep. <laughs> That's what makes it fun. And I will say on the predictability thing, um, the last couple of years, my, a couple of my friends and I would get together to watch the Christmas Prince movies and we would do our gift exchange, but we'd also like be sort of catching up. So it was a great movie because it was predictable that you could like kind of talk through or like yeah. do other things at the same time. And then like a lot of time, like either somebody would catch a line and we'd have to go back because it was ridiculous and we needed to see it again or things like that. But it was, it was a good, like, you never like, went to go get more wine and came back and was like, whoa, what did I miss? Yeah. It was very clear. <laughs> like, you could fill it in. <laughs> That's the same thing with, like, The Princess Switch. I watched The Princess Princess Switch switched again. I can't even say the title. <laughs> but I fell asleep just because I'm tired, not because it was bad, for, like, 20 minutes. And I did not miss one thing, I'm convinced. Because I knew I woke up. I, I've got, I caught the beginning and I woke up right before the end and I was like, that was great. I got what I wanted out of this movie, a nap, and I knew what happened and it was good. <laughs> yeah, I was doing dishes while I was watching the Christmas, uh, <laughs> the Switched Again, whatever it's called. So it was like half of my attention was on the dishes that had piled up for a week and then half of my attention was on, you know, the recycled plot from the first movie, but I still enjoyed it and it made watching the dishes a little more bearable. Yeah, I don't know what it says about me that that, I don't really tend to jump right on a movie, like a Netflix movie release. I'm like, I'll get to it. But I watched The Princess Switch switched again, like the weekend it dropped. I don't know if it was just the matter of timing, but I'm like, I'm going to watch this now before spoilers. I'm like, why am I worried about spoilers? I'm like, <laughs> but it's one of those weird things where it's like, I don't know if it's just the actresses, because I, Rose McIver, I think, is an underrated actress. Like, I loved her on iZombie. She was great there. Mm. Vanessa Hudgens kind of, did like some interesting things after like her Disney days and it's like were they good were they bad it's like one of those things so but it's also weird like the connectivity of the Netflix yeah. universe that they're building is becoming almost like you want to see how they're connected but you're confused at the same time because like the chart they release of like this movie was on in this movie and it's like but these characters were actually in the movie and it's like yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's always confusing because it's like, hey, let's watch a net, let's watch a movie, and then you know, by some miracle, they happen to have Netflix, and they can you know just put on the Christmas <laughs> prints. But what tripped me up, and you know, sorry if if anyone is concerned about spoilers, but at the end of uh, the Princess Switch, switched again, the Prince Christmas Prince shows up at the royal wedding, and I was like, how is that a thing? They were in the the prince and the woman and I think the baby as well and I was like so how if the, <laughs> my brain was just you know very 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 confused with this um which I also noticed I just watched the first Christmas Chronicles um 
and there's like this one scene where the valet is outside and he's on like his laptop or something and he's watching Stranger Things. And I was like, wow, Netflix really can't get enough of their self <laughs> I it's <laughs> Oh, go ahead, Shay. <laughs> okay, so I think other than just like the cross promotion, which it's like great to be like, oh, Santa Claus or whoever, the police officer loves Stranger Things in this movie. I wonder, like, how they're, like, if they will ever bring this all together, like, in, like, five years, are they just going to be, like, and this is how it all connects. They're going to, like, zoom out on, like, some person, like, me, Cody, Mia, Shea, one of us is just, like, watching a Hallmark movie, but, like, this has been going on, like, in our head the whole time. That's the only way this makes (laughs) sense, because they're watching the movies and then showing up in the same, or in different movies as the characters from the movie that was on the screen it just like it doesn't make any sense i hate it (laughs) (laughs) yeah they just smash right through that fourth ball they're like no rules yeah yeah i like it in the christmas movies context because it's so absurd and they do like mia said like they do the absurd of like you thought this was a movie they were watching but actually like they're in this world and like here they are and we're not going to explain it at all (laughs) But when like things like the Stranger Things pop up, I'm just like, oh, Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Although I would like a shameless, a shameless Netflix plug over like when people randomly carry like, oh, here they've got Walmart grocery bags just to throw like a random brand in there. At least it seems like on brand for Netflix. Yeah. Like, I guess like, is it product placement if it's your own product? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't, don't know either. Netflix, you should be watching Netflix while you're watching Netflix. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well that's all we've got time for today thank you Mia and cody for joining us to talk our favorite holiday movies i think i think i am gonna watch polar express i think that's the one that everything we've talked about that or give the benedict cumberbatch grinch a chance so that when i watch when we watch our traditional christmas jim carrey grinch i can be even more you know dig in on my pro jim carrey's grinch stance either or one or the other um but i think i think Polar Express, I'm intrigued, especially just by, for nothing else, the potentially terrifying Uncanny Valley animation that I always enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and then on that note, we will talk to everyone next week. And we're done. As in now? Yeah, no, we're going to pretend it's next week. I suppose I could have done Do I need to? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.